It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we won back down this time. The Reds are back. That's right. I said it. Four and eight. Three-game sweep of the Miami Marlins. Hello and welcome into the Friday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. A rare off day for the Reds this Friday, but we are celebrating the Reds with a three-game sweep of Miami. It is the first sweep since August of last year. They only had three sweeps all year in 2018. They're starting early in 2019. In fact, there's a lot of good stats on this. This is the first time the Reds have swept the Marlins since the year 2013. It's also the first time they've swept the Marlins since 2010. But the biggest stat Possibly, and we thought coming into this season it was going to be an interesting ride with the pitching staff. The biggest stat was this is the first time ever since Great American Ballpark opened that the Reds gave up just one run to their opponent in a three-game series. Call it what you will, call it what you want. The Reds had an amazing series. Had to get that out before the intro. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. I am just so excited that you downloaded and listened to today's show. Today we've got a great interview on tap with C. Trent Rosecrans. We're going to do a quick recap of Thursday afternoon's sweep of the Miami Marlins. But before we get to that, make sure you are subscribed. This is the only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds, a daily look at the oldest professional baseball team. Definitely subscribe on all your podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Himalaya, all that good stuff. Check us out on social media at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And... I just held up two with my fingers. Anyway, and go to LockedOnReds.com and check out the writing that we've got going on there. So, Thursday's game, the Reds won 5 to nothing. A great day to be at the ballpark. I wasn't there, but if you were there, I'm sure it was a great day. Great weather. There was actually better attendance at Thursday afternoon's game than there was at Tuesday night's game, the one that I went to. But the Reds really put it all together. Yasiel Puig had a two-run RBI double. Eugenio Suarez had one of those great American ballpark home runs that just barely cleared the fence. But you know what? That's still a run. And we had some decent pitching. And and I'll get to that in a minute with Sonny Gray. And Robert Stevenson ended up getting the win. I'll explain why in just a minute. But Overall, just phenomenal day. Kirk Casale had three hits and a pretty good day behind the plate. And just a very exciting game for the Reds as they finished off 
the sweep of the Marlins. Now, I will mention real quick, Sonny Gray pitched four really solid innings, you know, four shutout innings, had, I believe it was six strikeouts. And like I mentioned, the first time that the Reds have held an opponent to just one, one, one run over three-game series at Great American Ballpark, it's actually the first, you know, the, the last time the Reds did that period since they held the Houston Colt 45s to one run in a four-game series back in June of 1963. So literally, it's been a long time since Reds pitching has been able to do what they've done over the last three games. And say what you will about Miami, they're not a fantastic team, but the Reds went 2-5 and five against them last season, and the Marlins aren't that different of a team this year than they were last year. The only difference is they don't have JT Ramuto, and they've got a you know a bunch of other young guys that are coming up and all that different stuff, but I don't care. This is awesome. The Reds are back. All right, we're going to get to C-Trent in just a moment. Wanted to remind you, you guys know, the Locked On Major League Baseball podcast, Sully Baseball, he's covering the league each and every day, taking a look at everyone around the league in 15 minutes or less. It is a great way to keep up with what is going on outside of our friendly confines of the Queen City. Definitely check that out on all podcast apps that you can find this one. So look up Locked On MLB today. Also, real quick, today's episode is brought to you by BlueChew.com. I've been talking about it for a few weeks. Blue Chew is the alternative to Viagra and Cialis. It is a cheaper, better alternative in a chewable form, so it works faster than a pill. They have a great introductory offer. If you have not already taken advantage of this, go over to BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com and enter promo code MLB. You'll get a free shipment that's sent to your door in a discreet packaging. And if you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, look no further than Blue Chew. It is the faster, better, and cheaper option than what's out there on the market. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB, for your free shipment today. And I thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Now, here is C. Trent Rosecrans, the Reds beat writer for The Athletic. For today's Phone It In Friday, we've got an off day for the Reds, so I've got C. Trent Rosecrans in with me to talk our favorite team. First question, though, I do want to ask you. I know that we've had a couple of weeks into the season, and of course, spring training. Of the new guys, who is your favorite new guy to talk to? I know that Tucker is pretty much your favorite dude to talk to of all time. Who's your favorite new guy? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess I kind of um, always go towards catcher. So Kyle Farmer, he's both a catcher and a Georgia Bulldog, so that's a pretty good combination. Nice. That's all right. I know um, he's been getting a lot of playing time here with all the, you know, with injuries to Scooter and all that good stuff. So I'm sure he's he's pretty happy. Yeah, and he's a, um, a guy who's he was a shortstop at Georgia, and so he's he's that versatility with the catching is um, is really something different and an added bonus, especially with a guy like Kurt Casale. Um, Casale has such a good bat that. Um, 
it, it's kind of nice to have that power off the bench with Casali and having um, Kyle Farmer there gives you some leniency or gives David Bell leniency to use Casali in different roles. I know with his many options like Farmer and, and Dietrich who can play many positions, he's really been uh, kind of thrown out at rapid fire the different substitutions. Do you think that that's more him getting a feel for how he wants to manage the team or is this going to be a thing that he does throughout the season? Um, I think some of it's feel, some of it's circumstance, some of it's feeling out. Um, I, I, I just – Nine games is not a whole lot to draw too many conclusions. Um, so I, I think there is going to be some some things. I think we have seen a couple of trends. You know, he's David Bell has said that he's not too big on saving for just in case if there's a chance to win a game. Um, so I think we've seen that. Uh, we've seen some... Uh, some outside-the-box things with positioning. We've seen some um, different roles for different relievers. And uh, I think a lot of it is trying out, and a lot of it is uh, some philosophy. So we're going to kind of see what, what, what goes through the rest of the season. Kind of like you said, nine games. I'm, I'm a big proponent of small sample size, be patient, especially, I mean, it's been a rough start, obviously, but there's been a lot of guys that have kind of, a lot of people that have basically made this seem like it's the Titanic splitting in two, and we've just gotten out of the dock. What do you think is a fair timeline that you can really start to gauge the team? You know, I mean, Heck, uh, one win in nine games, no matter when it happens in a season, is not good. Right. Um, and it's not <laughs> going to help you. I, I usually, I mean, I, I would like to see two months before I draw any conclusions, but if this team continues to struggle and the Brewers continue to take off, there can be a lot of distance between the two, and that, that can really hurt. So, it, you know, everything is different. Um Nine games is a small sample, but it is still significant. I mean, it's, what, one seventeenth, one eighteenth of, of a season, and, and that's a pretty good slice. It's just that um, I, I think this team will hit better, and um, we'll see about the pitching. And, and that's kind of what I said coming into the season. With the nine games, have you – perceived a change in mood amongst the team from spring training to now um i think there's frustration but i don't think that's uh not to be expected um so i i don't know if there's a huge mood difference um it's never a happy place after a loss and it's always a happy place after a win so um it's it's still kind of the case when it comes to this early season, um, they've had Tyler Malley in there to replace Alex Wood. And like I mentioned, Derek Dietrich and Jose Iglesias have seen a lot more playing time because of the injury to Scooter. How do you see um, with both those guys coming back? I know that Wood's timeline is a little bit more fluid than we maybe first imagined. What kind of updates have you heard about Wood? You know, uh, that he's making progress, but it could be a little bit later. I think there was 
an optimistic that maybe he could be ready in LA, but um, I, I think it's going to be probably closer to, and, and nobody has said these words to me, but it looks like it's closer to May. Um, and then Scooter's, Scooter's going to be June at the earliest. So, I mean, a, a lot can happen between now and then both, both with both of those things. And I, I think Molly, Molly is a guy that, um, a lot of people are really comfortable in and big believers in. So it could, um, I just don't, I think they're, they're comfortable with, with Tyler Malley being in that rotation for now, but, but are looking forward to, um, Alex Wood coming back. Definitely. I, I noticed Malley had really worked in a new pitch there. Is that something that Derek Johnson and him have been working on this off season or is something that has extended even longer than that? Yeah, even into spring, and um, so that is going to be something to watch is just how he uses his uh, different pitches and, and, and kind of, um, you know, he, he really struggled last year with his um, with his off-speed stuff, and it's not something he ever really felt extremely comfortable with. Um, so I think there's there's something to be said for that, that, that – um, looking at it it, and improving um, that kind of thing. Um, So it'll be, um, you know, he's kind of, um, he's kind of really using his, well, I'm just kind of looking at it right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of data. And I remember talking to him about it, but he hasn't used his, you know, he's using his slider about the same, but that that slider curve, I, I think he's changed it up a little bit, what, how he, uses it so um it'll be interesting to see uh the evolution of that that arsenal definitely and then also looking at a young dude and he was kind of put on the roster i know a lot of fans that had really latched on to david bell's words of the best 25 guys but obviously options came into play a big factor with this but out of the gate, Robert Stevenson has pitched really well. Was there any indication throughout the spring that maybe there was a different program that Derek Johnson was giving to him that was better preparing him? Um, I don't know that as much as just that Robert is throwing strikes. And yeah. when he throws strikes, his stuff is good. I mean, it's it's not that difficult. It's something that maybe he's uh, resisted in the past, but um, – there's a deadline, you know, he, it, it was very much his last chance with this team. And while, you know, you, you just kind of don't take for granted that there's another team out there. And I think there would be with Robert because of his talent, but you know, there's a comfort level and he wants to be here and he wants to do well. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just something of get his back against the wall. I think a lot of us, myself included, uh, perform better uh, when when we're worried about what tomorrow could bring and there's more uncertainty. Sure. How close do you think they went to moving on from Stevenson? I know they moved on from Whistler. Um, I think I, I think there was a chance, um, but I think he always had a leg up just because of his history with the team. What sort of things do you have cooking in the athletic? Uh, well, going to Mexico and going to Los Angeles. So um, there are some things going on there that, that should be interesting. Um, I've had a lot of uh, success kind of 
um, with some travel hog stuff in the past. And, and maybe I might do some of that in Mexico as well. Um, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot, uh, spelled out and planned. I always have ideas and I have a, in my Evernote, I have a um, list of story ideas, but I'm just kind of trying to figure them all out right now. Not that you would be keeping his schedule or anything like that, but do you know if the Hall of Famer is going to Monterey? Uh, I would guess so. I, I'm pretty sure he is. It's it's right up his alley. I mean, it's, sure. it's travel. It's different. Um, it's also part of a three-game series. Um and it's one of those things I, I would think it's easier for him to jump on the charter and go from Monterey to Los Angeles and San Diego. And I just don't see him missing uh, Los Angeles and San Diego. I know he always speaks very highly of San Diego. Uh, it's, yeah, that's not unusual. Definitely. I, I got to see it myself last year. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. They got really good tri-tip tacos there. I don't know. You should try them if you have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, they do lots of good tacos. And so that's awesome. Heck yeah. Well, see Trent, I really appreciate your time with me today. Uh, like I said, if you guys have not already checked out the athletic, make sure you go subscribe there for, they've got a great contingent of Cincinnati, not just with C Trent, but also with Jay Morrison and Justin is yeah. Justin Williams doing mm-hmm. UC coverage and, um, Shannon lot, Russell, Shannon Russell with Xavier. And then, who covers FC Cincy? Uh, uh, Laurel Pfeiffer. Laurel Pfeiffer, yes. And she does a very good job. Yeah. So definitely check. C Trent, I really appreciate your time, sir, and hope to talk to you again sometime soon. All right. Thanks, man. That'll wrap us up for the week here on Locked On Reds. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the podcast. Coming this weekend, I believe uh, we may have a special Locked On crossover again with the Locked On Cardinals podcast just to get us ready for the Mexico series. And also check out those games. We'll be talking a lot about them come Monday. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already on all the major podcast platforms. And then hit us up on social media at Jeff Carr and at Locked On Reds. Make sure to submit questions via the voicemail box at 513 five four nine zero one five nine and then also send your questions and your comments all that good stuff your reactions to the way that the reds are playing on twitter we'll have a mailbag edition coming on tuesday but until then i'm jeff carr and this is locked on reds we will talk to you on monday hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.